Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Maple Leafs taking all four points in Sweden against a couple of tired teams playing on the back end of back-to-backs. They were tired, too. They had to cobble them together with an Allen key, and there was swearing involved. Uh, yeah. They looked at the instructions, like, why are there no words in here? Yeah. And then the Swedish guys were just going, Ikea, 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 because yeah, yeah. apparently... It's their favorite thing ever over there. Remember? Did, the did Swedish guy. Did they make guy. it to Ikea? Did William Nylander take his teammates to Ikea? We never got I, a definitive it, answer that he said, you know, that would not yet. It still is so funny to me. If you would have given me a thousand guesses as to who asked that question, I would have been like, Kevin McGran. Yeah. Josh Cloak. <laughs> oh, okay. Just like start going through the beat. Uh-huh. But no, some guy probably named Carl. Mm-hmm. It's like, did you go to Ikea? Yeah. It's great. I can't uh, believe it. <laughs> it is impressive. Like I said, it's also impressive uh, that the Maple Leafs are able to pick up these these points in games that they're not necessarily playing their best. But here, here's one for you. Maple Leafs have only the second... Um, fewest regulation wins in mm-hmm. all of the Atlantic division. That's Only the Montreal good. Canadians have fewer regulation wins than the Toronto Maple Leafs five this season. Mm-hmm. They have three in overtime and they have two in shootouts. Mm-hmm. They all count. Okay. Yes, they Whatever do. their goal differential is plus three. They, they have one fewer regulation win than the Ottawa senators. Is that at all a concern, or is that like a good thing that the Maple Leafs haven't been able to put together really full 60-minute performances and still they find themselves entrenched in third in the Atlantic Division and just a point back of the Panthers for for second? Uh, Let me do some housekeeping on those numbers because I I think a lot of people hear them and go where my mind goes of like, wow, they just had a week off and then played a couple games. No, they've played roughly the same amount of games. They've actually played two more games than the the Senators have there, so it's not a games played thing. I don't think it's full-blown panic, but if anyone sits here and tells you it's a good thing or the whole finding ways to win. No, 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 we don't No, We don't need to see that. That was not the MO that we talked about. We didn't come here at the start of the season and say, forget winning the Atlantic. That doesn't matter. One iota. They don't need to push for that. What they need to do is just find different ways to win. No, we wanted them to be the Bruins. We wanted them to be the trendsetters in the division. So it is a little concerning that so many of their wins have come kind of stealing points in games they don't deserve to get anything out of forget two points so it's concerning but I also think that you know it's the same thing we talked about going into the Sweden trip coming out of it okay it's a reset time now it is going to be hard coming out of it they have a lot of games jammed into not a lot of days that's part of what happens when you take a week off and you're going to take another one off here it's just math it's just math it's the way she works so i think that that's what you look at here is you need to have another reset where you see a better more consistent version of the leafs because you haven't seen it this year and yeah it is concerning that's five wins in overtime in a shootout so that's five points if they had gone 0 and 5 in those overtimes and shootouts. They'd be on 17 points, which would be tied with the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah. Nobody thinks another so, having a dominant start to this season. No, another number that is perhaps more concerning to me, actually, not perhaps, is definitely more concerning to me, is goal differential. 
It's three. Yeah. Okay. Goal differential isn't the be all and end all, especially when you're not yet 20 games into the season, because, you know, look at the Sens, right? They had, they've had some eight, one wins and they have a plus goal differential of, of eight, you know, you, so you see the big score effects having much more of an outsized import on that stat at this time of year. But for a team like the Leafs, to have the record they do and the fact that it's just a three goal differential, you'd like to see that number a lot higher. And again, just to put it in perspective, the Leafs goal differential is three. Uh The Boston Bruins is 24. Now the Leafs at the senators is eight. And yeah. And they're second last in the Atlantic. Right. So again, it's the beginning (laughs) of the year. There's some weird numbers revolving that are looking at that, but that is the number that I think that tells you just how head and shoulder Boston is above everybody in the division. Right. Yeah. And I think the, the ultimate point is that, Man, wins are wins, and yeah, three-on-three three is not the same as five-on-five, five, but there is the, – the Leafs, I think if you put them in a three-on-three three against just about anybody in the NHL, like just from a talent sp- yep. standpoint, you would think that they would come away with victories in overtime. It's as not surprising nope. that they win in overtime or a shootout. But yeah, it really has given them a little bit of a wiggle room and the conversation not as heated as it could have been if, yeah, you're not winning the Friday game last week, oh, God. Uh, like two weeks ago yep. against the Flames in a shootout, or, yeah, winning yesterday's game in overtime. Like, mm-hmm. it's a different conversation having a four-game winning streak, feeling pretty good about yourselves considering the off days here, and it does raise the question of, like, how big does the buffer have to be? How good does the conversation need to be around this team mm-hmm. before they can feel good about bringing Ryan Reeves back into the lineup? And to a lesser, more different extent, John Klingberg, who, yeah, is, is, is surrounded in this cloud of mystery when it comes to his injury. Klingberg is the weirdest one because it seems like every day it goes in a different direction. At the start of the trip, there was, ah, this isn't going to be anything that's going to keep me out long term. It's like at the end of the game yesterday, Sheldon Keefe says it's actually more trending in that direction. Like it is jarring to see the way that this injury has gone up and down. And if you want to believe in chicanery regarding long-term injured reserve, this is not the way to go about it. You're supposed to slowly get worse, not have people with kind of like conflicting statements. Again, Klingberg said, oh, this shouldn't keep me out long. And then he was off the ice 10 minutes into a game day skate yesterday. So I think when you look at, when you look at what has happened with John Klingberg specifically, I think this is a dance between a team and a guy trying to get him to play ball and bite on a long-term injury reserve stint. That's honestly my read on it. You know, they'll never come out and say it, of course, but that is the way I kind of read it. The Reeves thing is different. Reeves, I think it's much easier to understand why he's not playing. And even for him, it's much easier to take that. And there'll be the time where Bobby McMahon gets banged up and Mm. he gets back in the lineup and he has to survive that game to continue to be a fixture. Like don't be a dash two in the eight minutes that you're going to play. It's so funny. It was, he looked like he was trying to survive the games that we were at when, yeah. we, when we went and attended a couple of home Chip, games. Get off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he was unable to, I know. And again, like not all of it's his fault. It's just that. Yeah. It's not you, none his fault either though. Right. right. It's true. But yeah, two very different situations. And I think for Ryan Reeves, like, yeah, he would have expected to have been a healthy scratch at times this season. For sure. Not happening for John Klingberg, but yeah, the LTIR requirements are 10 games and 24 days. So the days part, like, that's going to be easily taken care of <laughs> rather you. quickly. Thank you, Sweden. Going to be tough to to, to catch up to, to 10 games, though, as mm-hmm. we're looking at 
two because he played, remember, the second half of yep. back-to-backs before they <laughs> went on well, the road, which was very curious after being too injured 24 hours prior uh, against the Calgary Flames. He did play against the Canucks. And, uh, and I know we got Gord standing by, but just before we get to him, the, the other part of this as well is that, you know, John Klingberg going on LTIR for a month and a half doesn't do this team any good. They need him to go on LTIR forever, right? Well, because, like, <laughs> right. what do they want his money but for? But, like, again, to my point, if L- if John Klingberg goes on LTIR for forever, making over $4 bucks, I mean, who's going to be comfortable giving him anything next year other than a PTO? Who's going to be comfortable He's giving 31. him? Who's going to be comfortable giving him that now? If he, like, if it... I'm sure he right. believes he can turn it around to some degree. Like, I'm, again, I'm not oh. talking about him getting, like, another, you know, a, a big deal, but, like, him getting guaranteed NHL money, I'm, I'm sure he's hopeful that he can do if he if he's able to play again this season. Maybe the injury is actually too severe for him to play. There are indications it's a hip. All right, let's talk to Gord Stelic, who's been a good soldier, sitting idly by, waiting to come on the radio. Hello, Gord. Well, I, I could be an expert on hip things because I, I yeah. had a replacement 20 years ago. But I, I, you know, anyway, I'll leave it. I'll leave it to you guys <laughs> and the professionals. Yes. <laughs> no, you're the professional when it comes to a hip. All right. What do you What do you make of the Klingberg situation? Well, and hearing you just, I mean, God, like, did you, you know, first of all, I kid about, I, I, I go, used to go at guys like Kipriosa that where they talk about, Hey, you want to play here? It's a tax free state. And I go, when you grew up as a kid, did you have a poster of an accounting firm in your bedroom or, you know, <laughs> did you not have Sidney Crosby or Bobby Orr? And the same thing, or did you grow up, go, I want to make the NHL. Then I aspire to go on long-term injury reserve. Like, mm, I mean, like, yeah, me. yeah, so I, it's, I, so uh, it's it's tough if the guy's hurt, which he's hurt to some degree. He hasn't been able to, not only here, he didn't work for him last year in Anaheim and Minnesota, uh, wasn't working here at the start. Now you get hurt, now you get further behind. And uh, and and the other guys who've called off a plate, you know, half decent at least. So, yeah, it is a conundrum. And then all of a sudden now you're saying, like you do in the cap world, it's your, your biggest value could be uh, to get free up that money. So, yeah, it's it's less of a problem today than it was if they would have lost five, if they would have had that fifth straight loss or whatever number about a week ago or so ago. But uh, obviously it's something Brad for living and staff. Yeah, they're, they're, you look at the different options and now it's, it's uh, unless, and, and I heard you say that, Ben, you're not, you're, we're not writing them off yet at this point, but just you're kind of taking a look at the way that this has gone. And if there is a nagging type injury, then, you know, maybe a long-term injury is probably the best thing then. Yeah, it might be the best thing for for both parties. Uh, Best thing for both parties in in Sweden was William Nylander. I'm sure he had some parties uh, on and off the ice. Uh, You know, we we know Willie likes to have a good time, and he certainly enjoyed himself in in Sweden. You know, he seems to be the biggest takeaway here in terms of the kind of star power coming out party, however you want to phrase it. You know, I'll admit, coming into this, I heard a lot of talk of, oh, this could be Nylander's kind of time to shine and, you know, feel like a star. And he always felt like one to me, but does it not feel like he took a bit of a leap this weekend? Again, not for us here. We all know how well he or how, how good he is. But the way I kind of phrased it, Gord, is that, you know, in Toronto, he's one of the Beatles, right? It's like, wow, look at these guys. But there he got to be Lennon or McCartney. Like he got to be at the front of the band, be a bit more of the star of the show. Uh, what'd you make of Nylander's week over there? Yeah, no, absolutely, Brad. I think that's that, that was, a, you know, it was like a perfect, if you were going to script this, okay, hey, what would you want if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs or any of the teams, but Leafs in particular from the Swedish trip? Well, first, you want four points. You got them. 
um, you want uh, about, you know, Matt Sundin and kind of getting him involved. Like it was neat seeing Nick Lidstrom. He is a member of the Red Wing organization. Uh, Daniel Alfredson actually being on the bench for Ottawa. He is a member of the Ottawa organization. Matt isn't, you know, for Toronto, but, you know, that part was all great. That's the stuff. Uh, they had the Borea Somming premiere was, uh, of course, tied in time to coincide with the Maple Leaf visit. And then, yeah, uh, why, why not make some fun, put something on for the home crowd, and uh, nothing better than William Nylander. And you're right, he's always been in the shadow of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. It's a pretty big shadow, and he's never seemed to really mind it. Uh, he just goes out and plays his game, and he's got a lot of flash and entertainment. And, uh, and they went and got the job done. So this was, this was really a perfect visit as a team, and I think everyone acknowledged if you said before one person that you would want to stand out, it was, it was him. Yeah, William Nylander uh, seems to be enjoying himself immensely, and and why wouldn't he? 17-game point streak and just one point back at the NHL lead. Uh, so you mentioned the Mats thing there as well. A lot of people writing and, and thinking about this being a turning point in Matt Sundin's relationship with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you view it that way? I think it. Uh, I think the turning point's already happened because there was uh, um, there 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 was some acrimony. Uh, about being one of the Muskoka five, you know, he, people may forget that now, but when he left as a free agent and uh, about half a year later signed with Vancouver, it was more the previous around the trade deadline when that story got out about all those players having no trade contracts. And why would Matt's not give up wave his no trade so the Leafs could get a, make a deal and uh, get something. And, and he wasn't pleased about that. It took a couple of years and that, and that it's been a turning point. They had the night form, I guess about 10 years ago. So, uh, that's all said, but but maybe that interest now, you know, seeing it, the juice is flowing, being there, seeing what uh, Lidstrom, the value he brings to Detroit, the value a guy like, you know, I mean, Alfred's is going to be more day-to-day involved. He's actually going to live in Ottawa. So I, I think to, to your point, Ben, that, that maybe there's maybe a feeling, why don't we take it to the next level? You know, one of the iconic all-time great Maple Leafs, why do, why do we do something that maybe we should have done with Borea Somming? and take it to the next level and, and not, not be an ambassador, get this guy officially on board about things and kind of the value he can, he could bring, uh, especially his knowledge of Swedish hockey, international hockey and all that. So yeah, I think it might've taken it to another positive step. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the, the juices flowing there because uh, you know, it did look like something kind of took him over at the end when he was walking on the ice, giving the big fist pump to the guys before he gave Riley uh, the watch for, for player of the game there. Like I do wonder how much that for him, right? Like, you know, it was such a big part of his life and I'm sure he thinks about it to whatever extent he does, but there's a difference of thinking about it or seeing a picture of it, of being right back there. And even if it's just something where it's okay, Hey Matt, you got a young family. That's great. Like in a decade's time, let's talk. If, if you want to kind of get more, more back involved and, and just, you mentioned in the Muskoka five thing, it's like, God, we'd kill for him to love Muskoka that much now, uh, because then maybe <laughs> would be a, would be, would be a part of it. Um, you know, just in terms of the challenge that this trip has presented, they, they did their job. They got their four points. They picked up two wins. They kept the win streak going. Now they got to do it all over again. You know, I, I don't think anybody looks at those games as coaches dreams that they played over there, but they were able to take care of business, but man, it does seem like it's a, it's another, it's going to be another tough test for this team. I mean, they're going to come back. It's a back-to-back Chicago and Pittsburgh. Those teams haven't had any layoff. They've been rolling the whole time. Like it is going to be interesting to see the Leafs version of the team that comes out of this trip, because, you know, as much as you could, you wonder how jet lag affects them over there. I actually worry now about kind of the letdown coming back the other way. 
Yeah, it's funny. People that uh, travel internationally will talk about which leg is more tiresome than the other going or coming back home. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum about their sports scientists now. They chartered. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of conveniences that are uh, factored into this particular trip that, you know, you know, 20 years ago wouldn't have been the case. So, yeah, that old thing about your first game back after a long road trip. Well, this wasn't long in numbers of games, but, yeah, it could, it could come into fruition. I, uh, so they got to pick up where they left off because take a look at the Atlantic Division. It's a very crowded Atlantic Division. And if you, uh, if you, if you go on like a four-game losing streak like they did earlier – uh, all of a sudden, you you know you don't want to be playing that game. You don't want to be fighting for a playoff spot. You should be fighting for first over at first place in the division with the Boston Bruins. So you're right. I mean, hey, the Blackhawks uh, are the uh, you know the worst team or one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Pittsburgh, boy, five shutouts. Wow, for the Penguins, they've been kind of an interesting team. They've been playing real good hockey of late. But yeah, got to get right back at it and really have to have to pick up where they left off in Stockholm. They can't leave. They can't leave whatever uh, that winning feeling in Stockholm. Now, Gordo, uh, we, we all saw our friends on the Leafs beat. It seemed like they thoroughly enjoyed themselves in, in the middle of November in, in Stockholm. Uh, I'm sure you heard Matthews as well opining on the possibility of a, uh, or would love and welcome a Mexico City game. Something tells me the Leafs beat and their pasty nature might survive a little uh, little less healthily in, uh, in Mexico. <laughs> That's all I can think is just like, we better tell those boys right now, pack the aloe, pack the sunscreen, because that Leafs beat in, like, Mexico City, even November, man, I uh, I worry for their health. Uh, Sweden, a yeah. little, little kinder uh, to them. I, You know, I, I actually like that Austin Matthews has developed kind of more of a sense of humor and glibness and comfort about, you know, because he's, he's, he's a go-to guy after pretty well every game and just have some fun with things. And, uh, yeah, you, you talk about, a, a, I mean, Sweden, you can't get a more traditional, better, Hockey market, Mexico City, a little bit different in that case. Uh, all I know is whatever they do, they don't post it on social media, okay? Don't <laughs> one of the players do that, whatever they be. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I don't know if on a betting site I, I would take the Leafs to win two in a row in Mexico City. Yeah, be uh, be a rough one. Uh, Gordo, uh, always appreciate the time. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Take care. See ya. There's uh, Gord Stelic. I think they'd have to probably build um... – an ice rink <laughs> Mexico City. Like, I'm sure there's one, I like, for children. One. I bet there's one. That can house an NHL game? I don't know. Yeah, play I'm the thinking ga- play an NHL game in Lucan, Ontario. I think yes. they can. Yeah, in yeah. Ontario. I guarantee you, in fact, that there is not a an, a an ice rink to the size of the one that they played in in Lucan, Ontario, in Mexico City. Mm, I don't. I, I'm not so, like... What I feel are, pretty confident. What in that. is your confidence in the dimensions of the rink in Lucan? Uh, well, I saw it. Okay, yeah, uh, like it, on TV. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's I, here's it's my guess. Yeah. Here's my guess that there is maybe a, like a single iceplex digit iceplexes in all of Mexico, and that none of them. I mean, do they have pro hockey in Mexico? They, I, I'm that. I'm gonna doubt. I will admit to doubting that. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyways, gonna we'll, do, a we'll quick, do some research quick on that. And, and, here exactly. And, yeah. s- um, just to put a capper on this part of the Leafs conversation, again, there's going to be plenty of Leafs conversation to come yep. up. Back to back, Chicago, Pittsburgh, when the Leafs do resume play on Friday and Saturday. Blackhawks are bottom of the Central Division. They have a game in hand on the Maple Leafs, and they only have one fewer regulation win. It's not. It's again, not. like it's <laughs> all the points count. Yeah. Until they change the rules where <laughs> overtime and the shootout are not worth another point. 
But yeah, that's, I mean, that should put it in pretty stark perspective for people. It should. Uh, also, again, just um, updating everyone on the amount of ice rinks in Mexico. I don't have that for you, but I will say, now this might say more about what I Googled than anybody else, but Mexico City ice rink was the first suggestion and then ice cream. Oh, so <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Listen, I bet you you can get some great oh, ice cream in Mexico City. For sure. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of results in Spanish, so I'll have to get back to you on okay. the actual ice rink stuff All right. here. But I do, have, I do have some, I shouldn't say news because it happened like two days ago regarding the Leafs, but just, the, just to put a finer point on what yeah. I was talking about there uh, with the yo-yoing comments from Klingberg and the team regarding his health. So at the beginning of the trip, I believe this was after the first skate when they got there, Klingberg was asked, this is this doesn't seem to be something that's going to keep me out long term. More or less paraphrasing, but that was a comment from him. Uh, John Klingberg, or sorry, from Sheldon Keefe. This was before the game yesterday when talking about John Klingberg not playing. He was asked, "Is he worried that it's something will keep him out long term?" And quote, "It's certainly getting to that place." From Keefe. Yeah. No, so that's... I again, to me, it, if I want to look at the most like Lou Lamorello version of this organization, and I think there's a lot of people who like say what you will about whether it's that guy you want pulling the strings. But I think a lot of people like that idea of a no holds barred, like we'll look for every possible inch of advantage they can get reads that to me saying, do you want to play ball or not? Bradshaw living's a a respected hockey man across this league. Do you want him to have good things to say about the kind of teammate you are, the kind of person in the org you are, or do you want to make this difficult? We brought you along to Sweden. Mm -hmm. We could have not. Like, I do wonder how much there is a bit of a aggressive tact, an aggressive turn being taken. Because, again, he's going to have another long flight. And as I said last time, that was the excuse they were going to do for what did him in. So they have that. And then there's back-to-back Fridays. Pre-built to not have to talk about this still for a week. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not at its absolute best. Plus, you know, know, Mercury's in retrograde. Retrograde or in grade. What? (laughs) It's quite a thing. To be like Stefan Robida in the first year of a three-year contract is quite another to be John Klingberg in in the one and only year of, yeah, but- of, of your signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs and to be put on the shelf after, what, I, it, 15 games? It For sure, obviously, the Leafs want it to protect themselves. But I do, like, I understand the point you're making, that if he is seen to go on LTIR, what is he proving to ask for on his next deal? If he gets to play every other game or Connor Timmons is the guy forcing him out of the lineup, he's going to get much more than a PTO. Because we don't say what you will about Leafs and the strides they've made, the improvements made, yada, yada, yada. No one looks at this Leafs decor and goes, well, if you can't crack that group, it's just a tough group to crack. No one's going to say that to John Klingberg. They're going to hold it against him. So... I I hear what you're saying about him going on LTI doesn't help him. He's 31. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And he has had injuries throughout his career. It is and it isn't. If John Klingberg was a forward Mm -hmm. who we taught like, oh, wow, the guy who's skating was his thing, stopped producing points and had hip surgeries and isn't the skater he once was, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it like it was some mythical thing. We'd go, of course he's cooked. Of course he's washed. But because he's a defenseman, we think about it slightly differently. Mm. Not me. I'm done. Writing him off. That that is very telling to hear Sheldon Keefe say, like, yeah, no, it's quite trending. possible. This yeah. is the longer term. Just trending, though. You know? Yeah. All right. Time now for something to chew on, brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Hey, uh, the live tour is still a thing. The season's supposed to start in February. Mm. They don't have the schedule yet. Brooks Kepka, not too pleased about that. 
So he left a couple of sarcastic comments on the Live Tour's Instagram posts about things that weren't about the schedule. He's like, yeah, it's going to be great to answer this if I knew where I was playing next season. They've only announced one tournament. That's the the Adelaide event in Australia. Okay. It, it, there's, what, like 14 tournaments that the Live Tour is going to play. That sounds like the right number. But it's been delayed, delayed, delayed. A um, couple of things. Yeah. If only I had the guts to call out the Saudi-owned golf league yeah. that is paying me a half billion dollars and gave me my like retirement money up front. Remember when he signed that too, it was oh, like, that his, wasn't where I thought you were going. His, yeah. his golf career was not in jeopardy, but like him competing in majors was very much in doubt. Yeah. Like, go watch him. Like, I don't say this lightly, but like go watching him fighting back tears in the Netflix oh, thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No. He was cooked. Yeah. He's like, I got to take the money because I not, I might not be earning much mm-hmm. on the PGA tour going forward. And, and it's also funny that, He's acting like the golf matters here at mm-hmm. all when, yeah, like if the golf mattered to you, you wouldn't be on the live tour. Of the course. money mattered and no, no disagreement with how I would have right. acted in the, given the same scenario, but let's not act like the golf matters here and whatever. I forget what team he's on, but he's team captain of whatever. I I think free agency is over. Like they actually have free agency. It opened. I, I know it opened. I don't know if it's over, but yeah, like, don't act like the golf matters here. No, uh, he has the uh, the tough the tough dealing with um, like GM LeBron has never had to deal with this that he's going to have to cut his brother because oh, his yes. brother stinks. I again, I'm not totally up on the minutia of that. The thing I personally love about this is that you know anyone who's heard golf show over the years, me and McKee screaming at each other about live, and the thing I have long pointed out about all of these live guys. Now, some of them are super goobers who have bought in all the way. Your Phil Mickelsons of the world, your Patrick Reeds, but the guys like Kepka, who so clearly are like, oh my god, this is embarrassing and stinks. But yes, please give me the money. And this is what I always point out of like, he's not proud to golf for live he's not mm. proud to be a i tried to quickly look it up and it didn't come up what team he's with it's not crushers high flyers pro- let's no say. that's phil's oh, okay. some of them Dang i do it. know aces isn't aces and that there feels some? like dj's team man you, you, i are range goats yeah, range wow. goats that's polter i think i know more mm, i'm cow. very embarrassed now brooks kepka live team but the point i make about this is that He's not proud to golf for live. He's not like Phil who goes around wearing his high uh, smash. So not crushers, smash. LT smash. LT. No, no, oh. that's sort of a Simpsons oh, right. episode. I was Lieutenant like, smash. I, yes, of course. I was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I thought this was like a golf club type no. thing of like FC Salt Lake <laughs> no, or whatever. No. The point I'm trying to make here is that this guy knows just as much as I know what a joke Live is. He knows their events don't deserve world ranking points and they don't get them. And guess what? I love him proving what I already knew uh, about him to me. Like No, this. to me, this is the opposite. It's like him thinking that this isn't a joke and, and everybody else being like, yeah, of course Liv doesn't have its tournament schedule up because the golf doesn't matter. Like, this is all irrelevant. They got what they wanted. They enveloped the PGA yep. Tour. Mission accomplished. Oh, hey, hey maybe there won't even be a, t- a Live Tour Entirely next year. possible. Yeah. Very possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I look at it. See, yeah, I don't quite have that read that, like, he's doing it of, like, the golf matters. It's him pointing out of like, look how little, look how big a joke this is. And I can make this joke because the check still has already cleared. Yeah, I guess. I hope.
I'd, I'd well, be there's less, confidence. I was I'd be s- like, I'd just be, be, I'd be playing nice until I got all of that cake. I'm not going to pretend to know the payout structure on that. And, um, uh, you know, we don't need to get too bogged down in world events, but maybe there's things he should worry about beyond the paycheck. Mm. Uh, he went into an embassy or something. Yeah, no, I... Uh, I not I, saying that's happening. I'm just saying I personally wouldn't be able to not think about that aspect of it if I was going to be flapping my gums. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like probably... I mean, as Phil Mickelson pointed out <laughs> in a conversation that he didn't think was yeah. on the record, yeah. them yeah, scary... Yeah. Dudes? Yes. <laughs> yes, he had All some right. other words. Yeah. When we come back... Honestly, really, it's just play the W rant from like, axis of evil will be destroyed. That's what we're trying to say here. All right. When we come back, maybe Argos lost in these finals. It doesn't look so bad. They lost to the Grey Cup champs, Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Still bad. (laughs) It's not ideal. And uh, NFL Week 11 coming up next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590 fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Congratulations to the Montreal Alouettes. Mm. I thought you were going to say to uh, Kevin Raleigh texting him with the joke of the day on our text line when he uh, texted us a little Yvonnette Niage. Yeah, Shout out to I the tell, Simpsons. Uh, yeah, you told me that, and I'm telling everybody. Yeah, no. Don't just uh, tell me. No. Um, yeah, LT Smash. Also, who ended up being Lieutenant Smash. When you remove the, the how could we have seen, how could we not period. have seen through it? Yeah. Uh, also, our boy Billy and Bob Cajun just gonna take his his googling as gospel. Four thousand people in the barn in, uh, in Mexico City. There. Yeah, it feels small. It does not feel small for an NHL game. But Whoa. how many people can they fit in the Lucan barn? Because well, how many people are they? Me. They fitting in the ASU barn that the <laughs> playoff-bound Coyotes like, are playing it's in. That's a great point. Who that, apparently have not been selling out. By the way, I, I was going to bring this up with Frank later on God. in the show. The Winnipeg Jets are, like, not bad, right? Like, they're yeah. good and still 11,000 people per game yeah, in it's Winnipeg. Rough. It's rough. I, I, I already did the thing this year where I kind of murdered the Jets fans in cold blood for not going to their games, and people were upset by that. So I won't double down, but just know that's where my head's at. Okay. Anyways, that's... Uh, if you want to, though. Your your birth province. What defend the Jets fans? Either way, if you want, like you're just I'm not going to on an I, island well, to have killed them. And you go okay. You bring it. To the, you bring you, a topic to the mic. You better have a stance, Ennis. Yeah. Again, I was going to bring it up with Frank Saravelli, <laughs> but if you want to do this here, <laughs> no, like I don't, I don't fault anybody. If we want to have like a serious conversation about, it, I don't fault anybody in if a having, non like. If we're having a serious conversation, we have to save it for Frank. Yeah. No, I know he'll love to have the serious he conversation. Would love to. But yeah, I don't fault anybody who's just a working person. Yes. To like they have less funds, groceries cost a quadrillion dollars. Yep. You live in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. you're not all that willing to plunk down a couple hundred bucks to go I to d- a hockey game. Yep. Like I, no, I'm not going to begrudge anybody, but it will I will say what it has me thinking is like yeah, around the discourse of, hey, the thrashers are floundering mm. and yeah, there's so many markets in this country. How how are we not just taking all these right. Sunbelt franchises and throwing them into right. Winnipeg or or Quebec City? Yes. 
Um, it is because you need the corporate structure. You do need not just walk-up fans to show up. You need people yeah. who are buying in at the highest level. You cannot rely on the whims of, again, working-class people yep. to, to buy tickets to your hockey game. And that's why it's way more likely, and this is a, a zero possibility anytime in the at all foreseeable future, but that's why it's more likely there will be a second team in Toronto before there is one in Quebec City or something like that. I'm with you. I don't begrudge any one individual person but I can look at a market and say, sorry, you like you cannot keep yeah. an NHL team I mean, but afloat. This, this was the, this was the argument. That, that is kind of why the Jets went away, uh, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and it was why it was but, not a no-brainer. But, you know, I, 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 if I'm going to stick up for the people of Manitoba, because, well, no, I was about to say you refused to do so. You did stick up for them, but... Why? Why is it an indictment on Jets fans that? But the Coyotes just get to stay there forever, not mm-hmm. selling out their five thousand seat barn. Like, Agreed. give them a seven thousand seat barn, and I bet they'd sell it out. Yep. But uh, I, I want to be clear: I, play hockey in a twenty thousand seat barn, I guess not the other way. The argument would be that there is a more of a a corporate structure that is, if you could ever tap into it, like in playing a <laughs> right. a, a NHL capable facility, that there is the possibility of buy-in from both the population and the corporate entities that exist in the Phoenix and surrounding area. I got some Oceanside property in Phoenix to sell you, pal. Yes, I didn't expect you to go here. <laughs> I started this segment talking about the Montreal Alouettes. You just you don't want to You don't want to congratulate them? No, I just, honestly, honestly, I just, I've had so little hockey in my life all last week that anytime it's at all a possibility, mm. I'm going to drag us there. But Even I, if it's talking about the possibility of the Jets moving out of this country. On it, honestly, I'll take anything at this <laughs> point in time. I really will. But... I did I did watch my annual not that it's always only one but mm. at very least my annual CFL game last night I enjoyed it. Yeah, I and listen, I root for the CFL. I you, I, I want it to be successful. You I want get a this Rob Lowe CFL hat. I'd be open to having that. <laughs> this is a game that I want to be competitive and entertaining. And you know what? Since the lost season, they've all been entertaining. And last year, it was Chad Kelly coming off the bench Swag. to lead the Argonauts to a Grey Cup title. This yeah. time, it was a Montreal Alouettes team led by a 31-year-old and Cody Fajardo, who was perhaps left for dead at the conclusion of last season. The, the Riders stunk with him at the end of the last season, mm-hmm. and he was a free agent. They said thanks, but no thanks. And when you're a 31-year-old and you can't, you can't hold on to a CFL job. That might mean the end of your football playing career is yes. not a lot of options outside of the CFL, but instead he, he clings on to a, a Montreal Alouettes team that was going through very big ownership question marks when you're talking mm-hmm. about the, the Jets. like the, the same thing was kind of happening in, in Montreal. They surprised everybody beating the, the team that only lost twice during the regular season in the mm-hmm. East Final and then come back against a team that they were, I think, 10.5-point underdogs against in the in the Winnipeg Jets. And you can tell, I mean, just from a mathematics standpoint, mm. how much more, not how much more, it means a lot to win a Super Bowl. But, like, there is an argument to be made that this is, like, a more significant accomplishment for a bunch of those guys who are going to get a monetary bonus mm. for winning the Grey Cup, but... This is it. This is the the pinnacle of of lots of athletes' career. It meant so much to a guy. Again, Cody Fajardo, 31 years old, clinging on to a professional football career, was given a two-year contract by the Montreal Alouettes, and it's a great event, and I was glad to see that it was competitive to the dying seconds. Yeah, I the the way I phrased it is the super or sorry, the Grey Cup has kind of become the Bizarro Super Bowl. 
in the grand scheme of things, there is very little lead up to it. Like we don't do the bye week, yeah, that's true. just that part of it as a whole. And unlike the Super Bowl, it always delivers. Like you know, go back. It's not that far many years that we've had a not competitive game. But you you listen them since they since the COVID year, they've all been great. You can sit there and list you know great CFL moments that you've had in those games, and that's all you ever want for the one game. Like. It is still one of those games that it's a lot of people go, oh, okay, I'm Canadian, time to put it on. And the fact that it always delivers, it should be delivering you more eyeballs beyond that. So, yeah, I think it's it's incredible that the game is delivered and good story for for the the Al's quarterback there. And that's the thing about the CFL is if that's what you want out of sports, and I think there's a lot of people who who follow it just as much for the stories as they do the actual action. It's like, boy, that's like just close your eyes and pick a guy in the CFL. And generally speaking – it's a pretty good story because either you got a local guy and a yes. Canadian or some guy who you would ask him 10 years ago, are you going to die to win it all for Montreal? They would have asked you what had happened to them. Yeah. And now they're wholly bought in. So yeah, great stories everywhere when you look at this league. Including Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day being 51, but not looking like old and decrepit. That was, to me, that was big. That I hadn't seen Billy Joe in a while. Okay. And, you know, his formative uh, music in in my life. Of course. Um, Dookie being, uh, yeah, I think everybody owned that CD Mm -hmm. on planet Earth, if you were (laughs) of my vintage. It's good to see that Billy Joe Armstrong did not look like uh, the members of who yet. And I understand like just there is a right. big age discrepancy <laughs> there, but the possibility existed that he didn't look as good as he looked. Yes, he looked good. Yeah, I, I didn't expect a man in his 50s to have blonde hair. That's always a little mm. jarring to me, but it didn't was like it, it. blonde? It was more like, was it blonde or gray? Uh, see, that's the thing. I was expecting more of a gray and I feel like it was pretty blonde, which I don't, you know, I don't know that that's happening naturally in the year uh, 2023. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm looking at a close-up view. But it's it didn't blonde. look weird. It, it, they just no, that's looked, what I'm saying. No, he looked okay. I mean. It looked great. They sounded good. I fielded multiple texts from people saying, ah, get these guys on tour. I want to go see them in concert. Um, my Just a little PSA for everyone. My my concert days are over. We're not doing mm-hmm. that anymore. I'm too old. You want to talk about old and decrepit? That is me. But that's why Green Day does something like so that people are exactly. like, oh, yeah, Green Day. Green Day, right. And now go make a kajillion dollars uh, touring. But... Yeah, just really good to have him back. It is, you know, we've all had this moment in our lives. Some of you had it 20 years ago. Some of you were just having it now where you go, oh, the halftime show's for me now. This mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. It's not my dad's band or, yeah. or whoever. It's like, yeah, we're old now. I mean, we had the, you know, like that, the the moment that got hammered home for me, like it had happened a little before that, but was the Super Bowl halftime show of like Snoop and Dr. Dre and Eminem yes. and all those guys. I was like, oh my God, I am officially an old now. Uh, but Green Day doing it at the Grey Cup, yeah, it hammered it home for me, but they were awesome. I loved o- it. Only one, one song off of Dookie. They played Basket Case. When I Come Around is, to me, the banger off that album, but... What, what would ba- you what would you have picked if you had your drummers? I would have I would have done more than one. Like here. that's that's the they only played one again off the yeah. their the biggest album of of course I mean the album that made them who yeah. they are I get it they've done a lot since then I haven't listened to much of it but. you haven't you didn't you didn't get it firing up on the way way in this morning no no all right I bet some people did. 
Yeah. I that again, the point of uh, Green Day showing up. Also the money. They I was got, gonna say I don't think it's got... like the Super Bowl where it's like you do the Super Bowl for the mm, you know what the I... idea of doing the Super Bowl. There's definitely a part of it. Again, like yeah. what you said, people are asking about, hey, is Green Day touring? But I, I there's a big also a big chunk of change headed Green Day's way. For sure. I also just wanted to add this in as well. Um if it was anybody other than a band that was extremely popular and I enjoyed during my formative years, I would be co-signing this. Uh, but typically a Canadian band should play the Grey Cup halftime show. I so, like, agree. I will make an exception for Green Day. I it's agree. like, uh, this is... Like Black Eyed Peas when they play, like, This is past the sniff on. test of 30 to 40-year-old millennials. We will allow it. Bang, the gavel, accept it. But, yeah, Black Eyed Peas, that's a very different story. What are we doing here? No. Yeah. I, uh, Shania Twain oh. was... That was the one of the all-timers, but right? Shania came cruising in on a dog sled. Uh, it ain't getting better than that, okay? It was okay? snowing, too. The, I, I don't know. I don't know if they ain't getting better. That it was snowing. It Wasn't that in Ottawa too? I, yes, it was. And the reason I know that is because the commentator was sounding exactly like I am talking about. Going, oh, remember that Shania cruising in on the dog sled? Yeah. It was wonderful. Honestly, uh, you know what? She's she should be like emeritus. Like I was every five say. years, just <laughs> wheel her out. And it, even if it gets to the point where they got to yeah. be wheeling her out. Her and Anne Murray, why not? No, okay, just Shania, maybe. Nah, just Shania. I'm down with some Anne Murray. Yeah, I don't. Good luck is what I'm telling you there. Uh, get like I feel like you know I feel like she's a foremost little, Leaf fan too. Is she yeah. still on Twitter? She used to tweet about the Leafs all little, the time. A little bit here, here and there, but uh, she's very private these days. So I don't know that you get her, but Shania, oh that, yeah, that feels very doable. Mm. All right, uh, NFL Week Eleven. <laughs> Okay, I, enough with the Shania talk. Time to talk <laughs> NFL. <laughs> we only have like six minutes I know. To do it. Well, we had Shania talk, so that's fine. Uh, it finally happened for Jets fans that they, the possibility exists that, that the Zach Wilson era is taking a little hiatus for mm. now. The, I, I, eventually, enough is enough. Is the Jets dropped to four and six, and the idea that Aaron Rodgers might return for this team in an era of relevance this season. Hey! Seeming less and less likely as uh, they get hammered by the Bills, thirty-two to six. By the way, thirty-two points put against this Jets defense—the most they've given up all season long. So, like correlation, not causation. But goodbye, Ken Dorsey. Hello, thirty-two points for a Bills team and a Josh Allen that has struggled against this this Jets defense. Um, so that's the good, and I guess it's also the good for Jets fans that Zach Wilson is is potentially waving goodbye but like who who didn't see this as the the thing holding this Jets great defense up from being again relevant until Aaron Rodgers showed up was at least competent quarterback play. Yeah, I mean we you know look at look at uh the man who stole in everyone's heart in the NFL this year Josh Dobbs, right? I like know. if they just go make that trade and you know we talk about vibes all the time like has anybody ever increased a team's vibes per uh, 48, I don't know how many minutes. Even for game. like the, yeah, you're talking about the vibes, even yeah. like the the idea of people showing up with the astronaut, the yeah. astronaut it's helmets. Great. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, I guess you, you can't lose all the games. You, you can't be awful yes. for that to be a positive story. And I know they lost in, in the dying seconds yeah. yesterday to a, a Broncos team that's 500. And mm-hmm. I think we all owe, or at least I'll, I'll just speak for myself, I owe Sean, Sean Payton a, uh, an apology. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe Nathaniel Hackett was the worst head coach of all. And maybe he's actually not a great offensive coordinator either in in New York. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like the Jets lose yet again. Mm -hmm. And Sean Payton pulls that Broncos team into AFC playoff relevance. Yeah, that uh, the Hackett part of it is interesting. I just thoroughly enjoyed this quote from, I believe, Robert Sala on, on Zach Wilson. But it doesn't really matter who it came from. Somebody was asked. 
what what do you say when Zach Wilson goes into the third quarter and doesn't complete a pass to a receiver? I don't have an answer for that. I feel like that's the second or third time this season Robert Sala has had a question directly posed to him like that, only for him to come back with, uh, what do you want from me? In the On the Bills side of things, the way I look at that Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow, Joe Brady game in terms of the play calling there is it is a little bit like a musician with their first album where it's like he's been sitting there thinking about what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like not to say the whole time he's been sitting there with like Brutus ready to knife C are in the back of of, uh, of Ken Dorsey there. But you don't think he's been sitting there watching the games going, mm, I'd do this, I'd do that, I'd do this a little differently, I'd do that a little differently. And not even in the moment, but all they do is break down tape and break down games. He for sure would have had a different plan for some of this. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that defense or how that offense looks going forward if you're able to kind of build on something, if you found something there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's this is exactly why you make the coordinator change in season is you hope for a bit of a, a dead cat bounce. And I... I think that's what we saw there. Yeah, they they needed that victory in a big time way because the schedule gets a lot tougher. Uh, next Sunday in Philadelphia, bye week, and then return to action at Arrowhead. Uh, you come back home to play the Cowboys. You play a Chargers Ooh. team that might have a new head coach, and then yeah, Patriots, Dolphins, and we'll see how important that Week 18 game mm-hmm. is. All right, time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. Let's start with some football tonight. How about this for a Monday night affair? It's a Super Bowl rematch. Eagles, Chiefs, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs favored by two and a half points. Uh, Last time these two teams played, the Chiefs scoring 17 fourth quarter points to beat the Eagles, as you will recall, in the Super Bowl. These two teams have had different aesthetic regular seasons, although both are effective Mm -hmm. and like the Chiefs still find themselves atop the AFC, but the Eagles have looked closer to the Super Bowl team than the Chiefs have this season. That being said, I I, I like the Chiefs. I might try and parlay them with something else on the money line because Mm. here's the thing about the Chiefs is they get it done, but not necessarily in dominant fashion. But if, again, to my head, I would take the Chiefs uh, minus two and a half. In, yeah. a, in a rematch against the Eagles. Uh, this will shock you. See, uh, anyone who has heard the way we have discussed these two teams all season long, I'm going the other way. And because they get plus money on it, I don't need to tie it to anything. If the Eagles are, you know, if I like the Eagles to cover the two and a half, I just like them to win outright. You get it at plus 125 there. I'm pretty confident about this, as confident as you can be on a matchup of two teams of this ilk. It's a great defense going against a great offense, but maybe not the way people thought heading mm-hmm. at this time of year with the Chiefs being the, the defense that's performing. Uh, because of that, I don't have a good feel on the over-under, but yeah, I, I'm going the opposite of you. I like the Eagles to win outright. You get it at plus 125 on the money line. Yeah, the Eagles, 8-1 uh, and one straight up, but yeah, 5-2-2 two and two against the spread this season. Uh, the Oilers in Florida taking on the Panthers as the Oilers still trying to get themselves off the mat. This is essentially a coin flip as the Panthers' slight favorites at minus 115, Oilers minus 105. Uh, the Oilers have scored some goals recently, 16 in their last four, but yeah, we, we know the goaltending, the mm-hmm. defense has been the issue there. I, I, for me, even though the total is high, it's seven as opposed to the six and a half you generally get. You get plus money on the over. Give me plus 110 on the over seven. 
I'll go with you there as well. And I like the Oilers to win. Uh, This team feels like it's an avalanche one way or another. It's either going disastrously bad or they cannot be stopped. Uh, So I'll take the Oilers on the money line there as well. Minus 105. But I'm with you on the over uh, on the total at seven as well. That was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. When we come back, more from William Nylander's wild adventure in Sweden in which he picked up five points, put himself just one back of the Art Ross Trophy lead, and we'll talk to Frank Saravelli, president of hockey content at dailyfaceoff.com. He was in Sweden as well as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 fan.